everybody, and welcome again to the Good Trash Undercast, where we gather around a table and we discuss the films you will never discuss, ever. Ever. Fact. <laughs> In a film studies course or otherwise, as we look at Frosty the Snowman. No, I, I kid, no, it's uh, the 2017 My release. kingdom for a gritty Frosty the Snowman <laughs> reboot. Wait. You guys, you watched the movie where M- Michael Keaton becomes a snowman, right? Uh, I did not watch Jack Frost. There no. must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, or... One of the greatest snowman gags in history is in Dumb and Dumber, uh, where uh, Jeff Daniels uses the coal and carrot as a uh, penile institution on the snowman. I mean, true, truly a, 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 one of the great bits of all time. Yes. A penile institution? Yes. Are you talking about Congress? Yes. Okay. Just I thought you were going to make a make a very astute observation about the prison industrial complex. Nope, nope, just uh, just to those dicks in Congress joke. No, yeah. <laughs> okay, very topical show we've got here for you guys. <laughs> Happy to be back. After. We're literally going to talk about everything but the movie yep. because oh my gosh. Yep. Yep. No, that, and that's fine. I'm happy about that. Can we talk about how mean you guys were to me while I wasn't here? Can we talk about that instead? We're actually that mean to you when you are here, but you're so busy in your own phone that we just make this eye contact all the time, but we know what's going on. We have visual cues. This is all that ever happens. <sighs> that's one of them. It's important to have friends who, uh, who keep you grounded. Hey, we've been doing this for six years, and we still got you. It's six years. 280 episodes. Oh, my God. And six it's come to this. And it's- so Charlie Bartlett is a really great <laughs> film. Uh, I'm really glad you guys like that movie, by the way. Dustin, I, it, it warms my heart. Before we talk about this cold, cold movie, uh, it <laughs> warms my chilly. heart. It, I really like how much you like Charlie Bartlett. I like it a lot. I was really kind of blown away. I, no, I, I thought it was great. I was too. I didn't think he was going to like it that much. Also, it's the girl from Two Broke Girls. The girl from New Girl is Zoe Deschanel. Oh, right. I didn't want to correct Corrections him. Corner. Yeah. I don't care. I know you don't. Moving on. Um, in case you're tuning into the Good Trash Honorcast for the very first I time. I was just lucky that he got Anton Yelchin's name right the entire time. He did. He corrected <laughs> very quickly. Here's the thing. I also would have said Yelkin. I, I, are you positive it's Yelchin? I, I, I was just wanting him to make sure he got in the the, uh, the ballpark and not... Uh, I'm just going to call him Anton Chekhov from now on because I'm going to combine character names and a famous Russian playwright. I, that, that was just his name. Isn't Chekhov the playwright in his first name, Anton? Yeah. 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 Okay. Not combining uh, anything, you're just calling him a dead playwright. <laughs> uh, true. Um, nonetheless. Hi, uh, we're not going to talk about Charlie Bartlett, unfortunately. No, usually when you tune in the Good Trash Owner cast, you will find that we discuss the film that is the subject of uh, the uh, podcast. It's, and it's uh, the title. We yeah. do that as a, uh analysis show rather than a review show, so there are spoilers involved and all of that. And so uh, we try to avoid that until the end when we get down to business. Now, I'm doing things totally out of order. Let's go ahead and introduce ourselves, though, in case the dear listener is tuning in and doesn't know our voices by hearing. I was going to say by sight, but that doesn't really work. It'd be impressive. In any way. They're just looking at the sound waves. So so who are you, sir? Across the table. <laughs> yeah. Be more specific, Direction please. is important in a triangular situation. <laughs> you! <laughs> I am Arthur Gordon, and... Do you want to build a snowman? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, very, very good. Uh, Who are you, sir, to my left? My name is Dalton Stewart, and hello, Mr. Donkey. (laughs) My name is Dustin Sells, and I love warm hugs. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Podcaster, you could have analyzed it. (laughs) We gave you all the clues. (laughs) So, yeah, we're talking about the snowman. (laughs) I guess. Look, Arthur's right. We did seven weeks in a row of, of... Pretty damn good to excellent films. 
we had to get back to our roots and try to find something to say about a movie that is very not good. Okay, well, you know, ordinarily we try to get the good trash. Um, we just got the trash this week. Yeah, but... this is not good trash. Let's let's be honest. Look, we needed some contenders for the Hebrew Hammer. Uh, yep. We needed some just uh, a palate cleanser, and that this this is really just the, uh, the the bowl of crackers after the after the the wash and spit. In, in, in so far as <laughs> is two, that how they eat in Norway? Two <laughs> week old spaghetti eaten out of a trash can is a palate cleanser. This movie is that. Um, so uh, we're going to give synopsis, and we're going to give our thumbs up, thumbs down reviews, and uh, we'll avoid spoilers and all of that. But uh, here we go. Let's just get here. Let, just, <laughs> Arthur, just go ahead. Just just do it. This could go down as the greatest episode since Jack Creature. Man. <laughs> oh, that takes me back. Oh, okay. No. I got this. All right. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Detective Harry. <laughs> it's funny every time. His name is Harry Hole. It's okay. We're going to get through this together. Listener, his name is Harry Hole. It never, not even once, stops being funny. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, it can be done. Detective Harry Hole investigates the disappearance of a woman. <laughs> You can do this. You got it. You got it. Disappeared women is not funny. No, that's not what we're laughing at. I promise. You're a monster. (laughs) A woman whose scarf is found wrapped around an ominous looking snowman. (laughs) (laughs) Ominous? Ominous. Uh, You're reaching there, IMDb plot synopsis. There must have been some magic in that old silk scarf she found. Oh god! When around his uh. neck, it wrapped around. Nothing else happened. It was boring. The end. You know, if, if, if we were more famous, this would be a great uh, crossover episode with "How Did This Get Made?" Because oh no, what what a film! I mean, so yeah, uh, widely regarded as one of the worst films of 2017. Yep, we're talking about the Snowman. Okay, so yeah, that um, Dalton thumbs up, thumbs down. Go and you know. Uh, save some of it because <laughs> <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Okay. We, we got to fill a whole hour. Uh, look, obviously, you already know that we think this movie is bad. Why is it bad? It is very clear. This this film had a pretty famously troubled production. It was spent a couple of years in developmental hell. They got done shooting and realized that they hadn't sh- shot like fifteen to twenty percent of the screenplay. I don't know how. Look. I don't know how that works. Man, there's a line producer who's Who, not doing Somebody is not their doing job. their job. They were, like, shooting on location, and the cold just got to them, and they forgot what they were doing. Totally fair. Uh, I've been very cold and forgotten things. Yeah. I, I've never been to Oslo, but I imagine it's not, you know, warm. <laughs> this movie would lead me to believe it's very much otherwise. Is yeah. it shot on location in Oslo, just out of I curiosity? I think it's shot in London. Uh, the, there's a, it's there's, a British production. There's some on location in Oslo, because there's, like, a, a diner that Harry yeah. Hole famously eats at in the books. Uh, apparently, this... This novel series is very popular. I yeah, can't like see why. Yeah, more. there's a lot. Um, it, it, and you can tell that things are missing, though, to, to get back to, to missing things from the screenplay. I mean, there's just – from the first introduction of Harry, there are just weird edits. There's this subplot about his apartment being fumigated or something for, or being torn down because of mold, and it introduces this character – who never comes – and th- this film is constantly – I mean, we cannot enumerate all the characters and subplots that get introduced 
and forgotten about her. We're going to be here all night. But that's a big problem in a fucking detective movie. You can't just introduce characters and forget about them. It's not how you structure a detective movie. I mean, if anything, this film is... Anton Yelknik's gun must be shot. I'm saying. <laughs> if anything, this is this is a great film to learn how to make a bad detective movie. What not to do. And, and it's a bummer because uh, Fassbender is a fabulous actor. He seems asleep at the wheel here. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. I just... I, and I can tell that he's, he's, try, he's going for this, you know, burnout alcoholic detective, you know, trope. But... I don't buy it from him for whatever reason. And I, I love Fassbender. I mean, I'll, I'll go to bat for him in anything, and I don't think that's that's hard to say. I mean, I, I think it's uh, pretty easily accepted that he's a great actor. He just kind of feels asleep at the wheel. I mean, Rebecca Ferguson does her best with what little she's got. Um, and then you have the, the weird, uncanny valley of the overdubbing of, of Val Kilmer, which uh, apparently... He he had throat cancer when they shot his scenes, and they it just was unintelligible. And they have this person overdub him that sounds nothing like Val Kilmer, and it, it's a bummer, man. We get two scenes of Val Kilmer, and when it popped up, I was like, I forgot Val Kilmer was in this. Well, maybe that'll be fun. I like Val Kilmer. No, he doesn't have anything to do. J.K. Simmons is the only person trying to do a Norwegian accent, and he's only there to sell the. The off-brand Olympics? And this is the problem with the film. I mean, again, we can enumerate things that don't work or don't make sense all day, but fundamentally, it is just kind of boring. It's not even a fun, bad movie to watch. And if if only it were that, that would be delightful. It's just kind of a... It's dull and drab, not particularly interesting, and again, wastes a lot of talent. Chloe Sevigny. I mean, we can just keep naming actors... That, Charlotte Gainsbourg. I mean, this movie is packed to yeah, the... Toby kids. Jones, yeah, Toby Jones. Toby Jones has one scene, two scenes, packed to the gills with great actors who have nothing to do. And it's a damn shame because, I mean, you can tell that they're they're going for this, you know, girl with the dragon tattoo kind of thing. I mean, that's clearly why this movie got made is the popularity of those novels and, you know, the Swedish films and the, the uh, Fincher film. It just doesn't hold together. I mean, even from the opening, which is probably the most coherently shot thing in the entire movie, the opening is just kind of weird. And it is clearly, it's a weird choice to open a movie with a serial killer's backstory. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting yeah. choice. In a better movie, I'd, I'd go, hmm, that's interesting. In, in this movie, it's just gross and exploitative and depressing and not in like a fun, make you think way. Just in a. What are you going for, Way? And again, it's not like this director's untalented. And we'll talk yeah. more about his filmography as we go. His name escapes me at the moment, unfortunately. But it, it is just a damn shame to see this much talent wasted. And that, that really is all there is to be said about the film. What can we say nice about it? There are some scenes that are adequately shot. I, I think the the scene of the stalking of the uh, the the woman whose death kicks off this whole mystery... I think that scene is well shot. It feels, you know, pretty rote. I mean, it's it's a scene we've seen a lot of times, but it's not poorly shot. It's it's upsetting and filled with dread. Uh, but look, you're if that's how far we're going down the barrel to find nice things to say, it's not doing the movie any favors. Um, and I just don't buy any of the emotional beats. I don't buy Harry and his uh, his kid who doesn't know that that's his dad. 
and the list goes on. So yeah, it, it's a pretty uh, utter and complete failure for me. Absolutely, absolutely, I totally agree, and uh, thank you for that. Uh, what do you say, Arthur, um, about uh, this movie? <clears throat> I, I, I mean, you have to echo Dalton. I mean, he's he hits all the right points. It's it's messy. It's poorly constructed. I mean, on top of that, these characters he mentions, you know, they don't have anything to do. They don't have anything. I don't understand why. I mean, we don't know why Harry Hole is a grim alcoholic. Like, we don't know uh, why uh, Rebecca Ferguson's character just suddenly goes for revenge. Like, like that is a, a jump the shark. Like, it is very, very, very. And goes for revenge on the wrong person. It just yeah. makes her look like a bad detective, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it is just, uh, you know, narratively it is a mess and it's, it's kind of sad because I think the pieces are there. Um, I think, uh, you know, Sweden and, and that part of Europe, they have a really long history of these kind of crime thrillers that are very good. Yeah, these Nordic noirs. Yeah. yeah uh, both, uh, in literature and in, in, in cinema. I mean, there are some very, very good, uh, kind of murder mysteries that come out of there. And, uh, Thomas Alfredson, the director here who had done, uh, famously Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Let the Right One In. I mean, he's Swedish. He's got that background. He's probably very familiar with those, uh, what I would imagine are influences, the vanishing and the original insomnia. I, I think uh, that those have to be uh, a part of that as, as well as the, you know, the girl with the dragon tattoo uh, in line with that. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, it is just so incoherent uh, the way it's put together. Um, like Dalton said, strands get picked up and then they get dropped and then nothing ever comes of them and, and – Things get kind of like patchwork together. They don't make any sense. Uh, the villain is, I don't understand his motivation other than, I guess, I don't want to get into it right now, but it makes no sense. And um, that's just everything that a, uh, everything a murder mystery movie should have. This just fumbles uh, very badly. Um, so, yeah, just, I don't know that it has much redeeming. I mean, I love Fassbender. I really do. Um, but. It just and and the snowman. It's it doesn't look scary. No. It looks it looks hilarious. It looks so when fucking funny. There's a scene where Val Kilmer is on a mountain and there's a snowman in broad daylight. It does nothing. I mean, there's there's nothing ominous about. Them. They don't have fangs. I mean, they're not blood soaked. They're just snowmen. When a film puts Chloe Sevigny's head on top of a snowman and it's not upsetting, you know something's gone <laughs> terribly wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... And the, and the, the Val Kimmer thing, I mean, those those flashbacks, if I wasn't paying attention and saw the subtitles, like, or the, the title card that it was previous, like, 15 years earlier or whatever, like, I would have been yeah. real lost. I would have thought it was a side story that was going to intersect with the main story. I, I know. Yeah. Uh, and, and You know what? I think I missed the titles. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> You've got to pay attention when you're watching a bad movie, Dustin. Oh, you're going to lose the thread. Nope. I, I, yeah. I don't no. know if we ever found the thread. I, I missed the titles. It's, it's like looking at a mandala. You can't take your eyes off it or it'll be gone. I'm yeah. pretty sure we're like 40 minutes into this movie before like the murder stuff even happens. Like, it's a while. I don't yeah. even know what they're setting up, though. It, 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 that's it, the that, thing. That's a huge problem. It, it's unclear because there are so many threads that just get completely dropped. It's yeah. unclear what you should be like really paying attention to yeah. which again is kind of important in a mystery yeah you, you set up with a murder you, you start your movie in meteor ray you, you do something to hook but right i mean we're just following this this alky guy like sleeping in barroom hallways or something like it just doesn't make any sense it's yeah i'm i'm not apologizing though 
No. I'm not going to. I don't think you should. I'm glad. Look, I'm glad for the experience, honestly. It gave me an excuse to finally watch Moana because I needed a real palate cleanser after this. You know what the big, the big relief of this movie was for me was when I initially looked at it, I thought it was two hours and twenty minutes, uh, and so for it to only be two hours was was nice. It was, yeah. a, it was a, a massive sigh of relief. relief. Yeah. yeah. So Dustin, what do you think? Oh, thumbs gosh. up, thumbs down. Thumbs Tell up. us why would uh, why would we never see this movie in a film studies course? Yeah, try to be articulate <laughs> if you can. It's I know it's difficult when something's this bad. It's almost hard to like explain why it's and bad. it's not even the fun bad. No, it's no exactly. Bad. It's, it's indifferent not, bad, ex- which is the worst kind of yeah. bad. I watched um, As Above, So Below recently. I don't know if you guys ever caught that one. It's no. a found footage horror movie. Fun. Yeah, fun. Not a great film. Kind of, kind of dumpy in places, but fun and at least competently structured. And, yeah. and a, a hoot to watch with a group of people. Yeah. This is the kind of movie if you try to watch the group of people to watch a fun bad movie, it's going to fall apart immediately. Yeah. Everybody's yeah, going to go off and do their own thing. All right. Let's get pizza. I mean, that's what's going to exactly. happen. Exactly. And it's like, hey, I'll go pick up the pizza. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the volunteer. And, yeah. and really, I wish I could have left for pizza while I was watching this movie. That's that's really my feeling. It's just it's. <sighs> I, I don't even know. Okay, I will say this. Uh, I, I like the opening scene. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was disturbing. I thought it was weird. And I thought, okay, I don't know why everybody hated this. Maybe they just didn't get it. And then I watched the rest. And it's almost immediately after that. It's the, the jump cuts, the weird jump cuts start as soon as you get to Harry passed out in that. Park? park? I park, don't. It's yeah, like a structure in the park. Yeah, he yeah, passed whatever. out drunk in the park and didn't die in Oslo, Norway. So, well, Mr. Policeman, temperature level Mr. Policeman, so high. that's a good way you could die. The, he, the killer sends him a very polite <laughs> note. He, he should <laughs> have died. You don't survive this. Also, um, look, this is not a movie that you need to worry about spoiling. Hey, Harry. Hey, Harry. It's your fucking ex's boyfriend. How is that not obvious? <laughs> Who else knows that you pass out in the park, homie? Come on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah no, totally. Uh, so then, the, uh, as you say, it totally falls apart. I don't know why everyone in uh, you know Norway has a British accent except for J.K. Simmons. It's baffling. I, I, it's it's. I, I don't. I just and and again, I don't care. I don't care about the characters. Okay, he's drunk. He cares about a kid, but he's kind of bad, you know. With that, Charlotte Gainsborough. I don't care, you know. Even though she's great, uh, typically in everything else, Chloe Sevigny. She's great, but I don't care. J.K. Simmons, also an actor, I'm very impressed with, and I still don't care. And you know, yeah, Low Rent Olympics, great, but I don't care. What does it mean? It uh, nothing, nothing at all. What does it symbolize? <laughs> you know, so dude doesn't like moms very much. Okay, moving on. And snowmen aren't scary. So yeah, it's cold. It's got atmosphere. I guess I did feel chilly. I guess while watching. Was your air conditioner on? It, it was running, so maybe well, it was maybe just that. Yet. Uh, but yeah, I I don't care. That is my that my, my review is I don't care i was not ever made to care i i sort of cared a little bit if fastbender had been the one and i spoilers i don't care uh if fastbender had been the one whose mother had killed herself maybe but no so no nothing it's also incredibly unclear at first whose flashback it is. Correct. Yeah. Because it jumps immediately to Fassbender. I kind of like that about it, though. That I, was not a bad thing. I, no. Again, I kind of did, too. It, was, it wasn't until things got completely muddled. Yeah. At, at first, I was like, okay, maybe this is a hidden gem. And I had no, like, backstory. Like, I didn't know this was a series. Like, I, I, I knew the book. Like, I'd seen the book a dozen times, whatever, mm-hmm. Target or whatever. So I was familiar with the cover and the title, but I didn't know it was a part of a series. 
And so I was like, is Harry the killer? Like, Yeah, it had been an interesting twist. Yeah. But no. 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 Nothing interesting happens. In so movie. our um, general verdict is no. Moving on. Uh, social media. Go. <laughs> uh, social media. If you want to be on it, cool. If you don't, get out now. Uh, it's, it's just like uh, being an alcoholic detective. The first step is admitting you have a problem, not passing out in the park on Twitter. Uh, but we are on social media if that's something you're interested in. How can you find us? Good question. We're on Twitter at good underscore trash. That's where you can find the postings not only for this show, but also just things we think are fun in the world of film and media and culture. Uh, postings for um, our, our beloved uh, ship. I don't Words are hard. This our, movie is. The good ship lollipop. <laughs> you can also find things about the good ship lollipop, but also. <laughs> You can find the postings for The Praise Down, the other podcast on our network. Dustin's new projects, uh, I, A Bad Feeling About This, which is a YouTube series with his his young his youngster. I should almost said youngest. It's not his youngest. It's my oldest. I know. I'm aware. Uh, but his youngster. He's also got a Dracula thing he's calling, the uh, Borgo cast, which is unfortunately named, but a, a reference. <laughs> he, he assures me is a reference to Dracula. Uh, so there's a lot of exciting things. Twitter is the best place to keep up with those. We're also on Facebook. As with the rest of the world, we're very rarely on there, but that's facebook.com forward slash GTM. Um, we can also be given money if that's something you're interested in. That's patreon.com forward slash GTM. We promise the content you pay for is much better than the content you're hearing right now because we try to talk about things that we're actually excited about when we do those Patreon bonus episodes. If giving us some money seems just absurd to you, and if you're listening to this episode, I couldn't fault you for that, I get it. But do you want to help us out? Very cool. Uh, you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show however you put this in your ear, either on the iTunes podcast app or over at Stitcher Radio. Um, last but certainly not least, just talk to somebody you like about movies. If you want to include this film, this podcast that's about films in that conversation, very cool. I would like that a lot. But you don't have to. Don't talk to them about the snowman because they will probably run away from you. Social media is done. Did I do better? You guys were very critical of how I do social media last week. <laughs> Mr. Tweeter. You could have followed us. <laughs> we gave you all the handles. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We did give you all the handles. Uh, you don't have to get on social media. It's not important. Nope, I agree. If so, you're not on, stay off. It's, so it's hard to quit. As with the snowman to social media, we also say, no, time to play the game. And we are back, and this week's game is Make a Better Movie, which wouldn't be very hard because you could wish in one hand and take a dump in the other, and you'd have a better movie. That's right, Make a Better Movie, brought to you by The Snowman starring Michael Fassbender. The Snowman starring Michael Fassbender. It was very bad, so we're going to try to make a better Michael Fassbender detective movie. Good having him back. Uh, okay, so here we go. We're we'll going to that. We're going to have thanks, man. I appreciate it. We're going to have Fassy in yep. a place with a calling card. Yes, w and a partner. And a partner. Yeah, and, and, and a partner. Yeah, you've got to give yeah. you got to give him a partner to work with. All right, uh, in a Makes place sense. and a calling card. Yeah. Okay, so Arthur. Those are, those are the rules. Let's hear your first pick. Uh, my first pick is actually going to be a direct sequel to The Snowman, <laughs> oh uh, God, wherein dude. Michael Fassbender runs around with his partner, played by Anna Kendrick. The lovely, wonderful, charming. I Anna like Kendrick. her. She's very good. I'm Love excited it. to see her in uh, this Assemble yeah. Plan movie. Yeah, that looks really I'm excited good. about that. Uh, and this one's actually uh, he has to come to the states, so uh, they're they're traveling through small town Oklahoma, 
Uh, and they're investigating a series of murders where bodies are being dumped into water wells in down in a hole. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's that's very good. That's extremely good. Yeah. Well you're supposed to you're supposed to say the best one for last, Arthur. I don't know what's wrong with you. I know. All right. Uh, I peaked. <laughs> I picked early. <laughs> Dalton, what's your number first pick? My number fi- first pick, Michael Fassbender and Anne Hathaway investigate a series of disturbing murders in the Death Valley. The calling card, tiny plotted cacti in a prick of danger. <laughs> a prick of danger. You got titles for your movies? Too? No, I just. I, uh, no, I do. No, I, 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 I freestyle the pick of da- prick of danger. Uh, but yeah, De- Death Valley seems the desert is always. I, I feel like we don't have enough uh, mysteries yeah. set in the desert because uh, deserts are spooky and ominous, just like you know, Norway. Yeah. See, if I go with names, I'm going to come up with like really, really like off color, very you know, because I'm just going to go into. Yeah, improv's not your forte. It's okay. Yeah, it's gonna be bad because my first thought was, okay, so we've got Harry Hole, right? <laughs> Which is, <laughs> I, oh no, Harry Hole is not in any of these movies. Uh, Michael Fassbender uh, in Buenos Aires. Okay, with Benicio del Toro. Okay, all right, there. And uh, it's it's serial killer that that plants rosaries, you know. And I guess you could say, you know. Harry Hole and the Pearl Necklaces. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> but oh no! <laughs> Why'd you guys make me give titles? This is yeah. You don't have Dustin. You don't have to stop. I'm, you giving you an, I'm giving you an out now. You don't have to keep. I don't know that I've got more titles in my back pocket. Arthur, what's your second second movie? <laughs> he just gotta move. I, I can't. I, yeah, I gotta move past Dustin saying those words in that order. I can't unhear that. My next pick follows <laughs> alcoholic <laughs> detective. <laughs> In New England, I really do like that kind of like Norwegian noir. The I like the wintery thing. I don't know. It's a it's a fun backdrop yeah, for no, this for kind sure. of story. Um, and so I, I want that setting. But we're in New England. It's winter, uh, and his partner is played by Haley Atwell. Okay. Uh, so they're investigating a uh, a series of murders at Christmas parties where bodies have been left under the mistletoe. <laughs> oh my God. Do, do you have a title? Under the mistletoe. Okay. Thank Harry you. Hole under, under the, the mistletoe. mistletoe. Yep. Under the mistletoe. <laughs> You know, my granddad actually worked in missile holes. I don't know if I've ever told you guys about that. Oh, no. He worked on ICBMs in the Cold War. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yep. Gosh. Okay, Dalton, what's your... My next pick, Michael Fassbender and Viola Davis in the swamps. <laughs> what are you laughing at Viola Davis for? She's wonderful. <laughs> she would be a great cop. Tell me, Viola, have you ever seen How to Get Away with Murder? You mean Hole to Get Away with Murder? <laughs> oh, no. Okay, they're they're in uh, the swamps of northern Florida, Tallahassee. You know, the taint of America. Oh, my God. Tracking the elusive Florida man as he leaves behind Margaritaville hats. Swamp full of danger. I did not have a title ready for you oh on that one. Gosh. Very, oh, my gosh. Here's the thing. Much like oh. the snowman, it sounds like a good movie until you get about halfway three quarters of the way through the the, <laughs> the pitch the killer 74 <laughs> okay so, retirement community in florida oh my god so it's michael fassbender okay and kelsey Grammer. what the f- in seattle <laughs> no they don't know what to do about toss salads and scrambled eggs do they they don't know what to do <laughs> 
And it's, it's a serial killer. Okay. <laughs> I can't do it. No, it's all right. You're going to be fine. You've got this. Come on. Who leaves his shiny raincoat at every murder scene? Uh-huh. Harry Hole and the wet raincoats. Moving on. Oh, my God. Uh, I did. You didn't know you were going to tune in to my brother, my brother, and me this week, did you? Uh, Arthur. Number last. You were laughing so hard you're crying. <laughs> you red like a strawberry. Close us out. (laughs) You can do it, buddy. A homicide detective is transferred to the hot city of Miami, Florida, where he's teamed up with a rookie go-getter played by Blake Lively, investigating a string of murders where the only evidence is a half-smoked cigarette in the black lung. (laughs) Really thought there was going to be a butts and holes pun. <laughs> really missed opportunity there, man. Missed opportunity. Uh, Ashtray shaped like a toilet. Leave your butt here. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. Number next. Number last. Actually, Dalton Stewart. Let's hear it. Michael Fassbender and Helen Mirren. Nice. Belfast, Northern Ireland. The year. Dig it. Nineteen seventy-five. That's it. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not tired. Red Brining, 1975. The calling card: a perfect, to the brim pint of Guinness, with a beautiful foamy head. Hole in the head. I don't know. <laughs> I got, that, that's that's what I got. I actually just really want to see that Michael Fassbender Helen Mirren movie. Honestly, yeah, that, I'm all for that. I know. I kind of yeah, had, yeah, had you guys yeah. there for a second, right? I'm there. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the year is 1897. Okay. It's London. Okay. Michael Fassbender, Luke Evans. Okay. Investigating the Dracula murders. Oh, That's it. Okay. I'm done. Yeah. You, you ran out of steam there, didn't I'm you? I'm just done. <laughs> yeah. We were hole in the neck. <laughs> the sequel to Hole in the Head. Oh. Uh, oh, gosh. What a what a. What a fun game. That, that's the thing that happened. What a fun game for a very, very silly film. Well, join us next week when we're going to be talking about a Patreon-sponsored pick. By, uh... Yeah, it's not going to get any better than that. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, I guess we should do the thing that we're here to do. Okay. You want to try? All right, let's try to get down to business. Okay, we're back. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do something uh, with this. Um, we'll see how that all works. Um, all films can be analyzed, including the Snowman. Truth. We are uh, putting our, our money where our mouths are. We're putting your Patreon money where where our mouths are. We're, we're gonna put, we're putting our mouths where Harry holds. <laughs> we're <laughs> gonna bring you. our uh, patented blend of. Analysis uh, to uh, oh my God. the snowman and Harry Hole. We can do this. I believe in us. We can say something smart about this movie. Okay. Well, here here's the first thing I want to I want to talk about. Okay. All right. So we are the Good Trash Genre Cast, and we love the elevated genre film. The genre film is uh, a particular type of movie that is, in many ways, generic. Right, but in some ways they find ways either narratively or stylistically to elevate beyond that. And what we have with this particular film is a generic film in the worst sense of the word. The generic in it is the Sam's Choice uh, of films. Uh, that's a very American. Yeah, it's the Doctor Thunder. The Doctor Thunder of uh, detective movies. The Italian job of. 
heists. Yeah. 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 Thriller films. Yeah. You know, we've, we've bookended our, our summer growing up with two terrible movies. Hey, you I... know what? Italian Job's a lot better than this movie. Yeah. Give but... Gary Gray credit where credit is due. For sure. That's fair. Yeah, but could... But also a generic film. For yes. sure. Okay. So, I, I guess I want to talk about that. It is that this film... Is, why is it generic without being the elevated genre? Can we talk about the tropes that it uses and the ways in which it does so? What I, what my experience was entirely unoriginally. Well, and I think uh, the Italian job might be a good jumping off point, right? Because that is a film that is also pretty generic uh, and not, you know, uh, transcendent of those genre confines, but it's still good. Because it at least has competently shot action. We don't have that here to fall back on. All we have to fall back on is plot and character narrative. And when those all fall apart, we're left with genre tropes. And we have seen more hard-boiled alcoholic detectives who can, you know, think their way out of any crime or, you know, near-death situation. We've got that. We've got Sherlock Holmes. We've got Bosch, which apparently is a a pretty big uh, inspiration for uh, Joe Nort. Nesbo, Nesbo, thank you. The, the author of these yeah. these novels. I don't know how to pronounce the O with the slash. Through. I don't either. I don't either. I have, the, those Scandinavian names are tricky, man. Uh, but again, we, we've we've seen this grizzled, hard boiled alcoholic detective who's got to you know drink away the pain of all this macabre murder that they've seen. If you're not going to try to do something interesting with that, it's going to fall flat. I, I think Seven's a really great example of a film that takes pretty standard detective tropes and remixes them a little bit so you've got the the wizened detective who kind of knows it all and has seen it all in morgan freeman's character in seven uh the twist there being that he he's sick of it he has no desire he he has all the skill and aptitude and no desire to use it because he sees how fruitless the job is in the young plucky upstart who's going to try and save the day, you've got the unmitigated dipshit played by Brad Pitt. And I think that film does a really good job of kind of taking and remixing detective tropes a little bit, uh, especially the uh, the retire- the soon-to-be retiree and then the rookie, and kind of remixing that relationship and letting the ways in which it is generic kind of feed back into the film itself, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, I think tonally, that is what The Snowman seems to be going for, right? Is that uber-bleak kind of Fincher-esque... Uh, seven style or growth dragon tattoo yeah. style, which I think other, I mean, other films by the director have done really well. I mean, let the right one in is a film that I'm, you know, is kind of a blind spot for me, unfortunately. It's a great movie, but I've, yeah, I've seen some of the the clips that are kind of heralded as the the really great touchstones visually. But even uh, the American remake, Let Me In, uh, with Chloe Grace Moritz, I think is really fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think it holds up really well. Yeah, um, and looks beautiful. I mean, that is how you take a film that is or a story set in Scandinavia and remix it, right? Is you do take those trappings and try to find a way to Americanize them because if you do just a straight everything is set in the country of, you know, story origin, things are gonna get messy like accents. And again, I've already fallen to accents because the genre things are so uninspired here. Uh Arthur, for you, where where is that line between genre and generic? I, I think it's uh so there's just that kind of uh, a standard language used across a set of films. You know, if we have a slasher, uh, we've probably got a you know masked killer, and we've got a final girl, and we've got you know a body count where one by one people are picked off. You know, those are the things. Mm-hmm. I think. <clears throat> sorry, I think with a you know a kind of crime thriller of this sort, you know, with the mystery, 
you have your you know gloved killer. We don't really see who they are. Um, we have a, you know, you have some sort of detective, whether, I mean, he doesn't have to necessarily be a cop. I mean, if you look at Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, there's an, a reporter and a Journalist private Journalist and a yeah. hacker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, but you have to have somebody on the mission, and then you just kind of let it unfold. But I think from there, depending on your care, I mean, so much of what elevates the great kind of crime mystery films are traditionally probably style and flourish uh, behind the camera. Uh, but I also think just great character arcs. You know, you, you think of Silence of the Lambs, and you've got the great arc with Clarice, but you've also got Demi's style. Um, well, you've also got the subversion of the unseen gloved killer, right? Yeah. We see the killer yeah. throughout the film. We know a lot about the killer. Which, we know more about the killer than Clarice Starling yeah. does. Which right? adds to our suspense, but exactly. especially when we get to that final that final turn, which is fantastic every time you watch that movie. I would also say it's fantastic. It's fantastic. The way you're about to say it's, it's perfectly fine with me. Mr. Yeah. Bombastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, but it's great. I mean, and yeah. that's a way to subvert a given trope yeah. and kind of reinvent the kind of story you're telling. And like, and, and with Seven, I mean, Seven's another great example, right? I mean, you've, you, you've, you've got that dynamic between Morgan and, and Brad Pitt, uh, but also there's just that, that character question of, you know, Will Brad Pitt be able to stay optimistic or will he break? Yeah. Which is kind of the guiding uh, compass point of that film. There's no uh, real conflict between yeah. Rebecca Ferguson and Michael Fassbender yeah. here. No. And I, and I just watched I just watched Christopher Nolan's Insomnia the other uh, the other day, and um, I haven't seen the original. But in, in Nolan's, you know, we've got that same kind of dynamic. We have this uh, hero cop who's got kind of this dark dark spot on his record he goes to alaska and he meets this uh you know go getter and hillary swank Man, uh, hillary swank's good in that movie yeah, too yeah she uh, is but but they have that conflict there where you know is did he or did he not shoot his partner like there's that dynamic and she's trying to figure that out uh, all the while he's got his other stuff going on and i i think it's that it's it's a film that presents a arc that probably you know questions some bigger than bigger than the film stuff you know there's some bigger ideologies at work um, you know, Fincher's nihilism is always rampant in his films and, and, and things like that. Or, you know, it might be criminal justice or, you know, whatever the thing may be. And I think that's where the snowman really falls apart because. Well, because it got the, too hot outside. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Please continue. <laughs> oh. Harry Hole. You're absolutely, um, you're absolutely right, though. I mean, that that is where it does begin to fall yeah, apart. I mean, it has all the pieces. I mean, we have a we have the detective, we have the rookie, we have the mystery, we have the murderer, but it, it, it really falls apart because we don't have the script there to to give us. I mean, we have the setups. He's an alcoholic, but why is he an alcoholic? What's he going to learn? What's his mm-hmm. arc for this? You know, we have Rebecca Ferguson, who's just completely wasted because she has this this very interesting. I mean, tie to the case, but it's cut from the beginning and cut from the end and just kind of goes nowhere. Like, well, and that, that cut nature of the film prevents either of them from finding any clues. Yeah. Right? And don't be wrong. That's an interesting story in of itself. The detective who doesn't actually do anything and just is thrust into this world because it keeps falling in their lap. That's a, I mean, that's a perfectly interesting that's fine, premise. Yeah. yeah. But because we've been told Harry Hole is this legend, this legendary yeah. hole, uh, we've, we believe that he is this master detective and are shown no evidence to back that up, we're just told that. Right? It's a real glory hole. <laughs> Moving on, um, 
I think one of the things that also that these types of films do, and you can see where they fail and where they succeed, is the idea of the serial killer signature card, right? We, mm-hmm. we, we, we played that part of our game. Yeah. Um, Snowman, fine. Uh, but you have to find – I think there's got to be some originality to the use of that thing. Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter didn't take trophies. He ate them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But on top of that, there was uh, something about the character itself that was somehow seductive at the same time as repulsive. Yeah. That, that, that sort of connection to those dots. He Going was, back to seven. It, yeah, exactly. It's there's a, a hook. There's a hook, yeah. The it, crime scene is the calling card, and it's the seven deadly sins. Yeah. Right. And, and again, and then John Doe's character itself himself is also really interesting uh, as far as his internal psychology. I don't care. Okay, the kid saw a bad thing and was sad. Okay. You know, but it, it, it doesn't really make those connections to the actual snowman itself. Yeah, right? he the, happened to build a snowman right before his mom committed suicide. Yeah. It, it's just sort of that random association and you go, see? Uh, it's I'm, his bat cave moment. Right. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, and that's how it plays. And and it's like you see this in the sort of those knockoff Z and B horror films, yes. where there is something that is got you know they, they they're trying to play off something that people have been doing or whatever, and so it, it, it just just taking anything and saying oh it's sort of innocent will make the innocent thing creepy. Well, you've got to do a little better than that, and uh, th- th- it's generic, but it doesn't elevate it in terms. I think you could use Snowman as a calling card. And actually be terrifying. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. Totally possible. Yeah. But it's just, it lacks any sort of flourish or originality yeah. to the idea. I mean, the image of a snowman with a severed head on top of it is legitimately a horrifying thing to behold in the mind. Uh, on screen in this film, it just doesn't it's work. It's got to be played very carefully. Right. Yeah. I it, mean, that's the thing. And you can't shoot a snowman in broad daylight and make it ominous. I mean,. No, that doesn't work. No, not at all. I mean, the creepiest that the snowman in this film ever look is the one outside the little girl's yeah. window. Because yeah. we're put in the perspective of a child mm-hmm. seeing something that she knows she didn't make. Yeah. And that's the only time that that snowman ever looks on Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about um, another trope specifically. Mm-hmm. And just it's, and we can go much more generally. Alcoholism and detectives mm-hmm. and alcoholism in film. Because I've been watching these movies for a long time, and there's a weird way in which alcoholism is a disease that wrecks a person's life, but not really. That is what the movies tend to do. It's like, yes, mm-hmm. you'll become a wreck, and every, but actually everything works out because you're still super stellar, great at your job. And you know, performing whatever tasks need to be done, and you still, you know, you're, if you're a detective, you still get your man in the end. Yeah, and that, well, that's the frustrating uh, part about this film is it's it's really set up that way because he comes into work, he's been gone like a week. Yeah, and like there's a threat of losing his job or things like this, but it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, so in this film, it's pretty problematic. <clears throat> it only impacts his personal life, really, and even there, not not really. What ends up impacting his personal life more is. He runs off to go chase a threat on this case instead of hanging out with his son. Yeah. But yeah, his alcoholism doesn't really impact his life at all. There's right. no consequences for him at work. No, no. And I mean, traditionally, you would use it as, if nothing else, it would be part of a redemptive arc, like, or you know, it, it is the Chekhov's gun where we're going to need him in the last moment, but he's going to be not be able yeah. to make it or something. Yeah. Let's go with flight. Flight's a decent enough okay. example that does both bad things and good things with its depiction of alcoholism, right? Uh, Denzel's character, uh, is it Whip Whitaker? I think it's Whip Whitaker. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds I haven't seen it. I, I remember the character's got a alt. No, Whip Whitaker's out of time. Well, it's a, it's a better character name than, than Harry, Harry Holt. The pilot, I, damn it, I wish, we'll have to look it up here in a second, but 
all-time great Denzel character name. But he goes to the liquor store and he gets like one of everything. That's not how alcoholics drink. That's not how it no. works. But it does feed back into his arc, right? He is hyper-competent. And maybe his hyper-competence was the thing that being drunk might have been the thing that helped him be daring and careless enough to land that damn plane, but he has to pay for it. Right. There is an arc there. It is Whip Whitaker. It is Whip Whitaker. Okay, for some reason I was thinking that it was his character now of time, but can we talk about how great of a name Whip Whitaker is? It is a really good name. It is a very fine name. But I think that's a good example of what you're talking about, right? That's, yeah. That is a depiction of alcoholism that has weight and consequences, that there is mm-hmm. there's something there. There's some there there, yeah. right? As opposed to here where... It's falling asleep on the sidewalk yeah, and getting yeah. kicked by teenagers. It's like, yeah, this is bad. I mean, this is this is a thing where he should die of hypothermia. This is a thing where, I mean, it really ought to be affecting his ability to put together, you know, a case. Uh, I mean, uh, the the point of Sherlock Holmes is Sherlock Holmes' brilliance and that he's sort of just managing his brilliance with various, you know, pharmaceutical aids. Uh, yeah. That, and that, there's, a, there's a certain unbelievability to that as well. But here we are in the 21st century dealing with real deal sort of alcoholism, and I'm like, no, you know what? You ought to be a much bigger mess. In fact, if you're drinking at the level he's drinking at, shouldn't have a house. The guy should have the shakes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is this is a real problem. Yeah. Yeah. We don't see him drinking that much. How does that dude not have the shakes all right. the time? Right. And it, it, it's, it's, it's these depictions of alcoholism uh, – that just I, I feel like show an unfamiliarity and a, la- a lack of care on the mm-hmm. part. And again, I, we can't speak to the novel. I know the novelist has kind of distanced him, himself from this adaptation. Sure. But, uh, you know, when you're adapting something that you have to pick what's important. And if you've decided that alcoholism is, a, is an important part of Harry Hole as a character, that uh, he's he's pouring hooch down that hole. You gotta do something with it, yeah, and not normalize it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd like to talk about another detective trope, okay? Uh, women in danger, yes, uh, a concern that uh, apparently uh, I did a little bit of research uh, on the uh, the series of novels uh, that Joe Nesbo has written, and apparently it's it's a concern of his. I mean, he's interested in misogyny in Norway. Um, it's something that we see in uh, the the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series, the, sure. the Millennium Trilogy. I think is what it's proper moniker is uh these obviously more directly addressing uh you know gender concerns in scandinavia but again i think these speak to a genre concern as a whole um wasn't trying to do a hair hole joke there promise uh but it's a common thread throughout detective stories and i think we've gotten to a point in telling detective stories where you need to do something interesting if you're going to have women in peril especially uh peril of being killed by a man um, or assaulted by a man. Uh, I, I think the Millennium Trilogy does a really good job of this by having um, Elizabeth Salander's character be this avenging angel, right? And, you know, it struggles at times. I think it's successful more often than not, though, for me anyway. Um, but I, this film just falls so flat. I mean, it, it kind of wants to set that up with Rebecca Ferguson's character, but she's more interested in avenging her dad's, you know, murder made to look like a suicide. Uh Harry is, is rescues runs off to rescue his ex girlfriend slash baby mama, and there's not really any there there either. I mean, and I, I can see why Joe Nesbo is wanting to distance himself from this film if that's yeah. a concern of his in his writing. Because I've man, this film fumbles doing anything with uh, you know the idea of uh, I I, I want to say it was Inside Amy Schumer that had a sketch called Dead Girl Town that was a, a send up of of this trope. 
Um, and there are detective stories that I think have done a lot of good stuff with this, yeah. but uh, w- what do you think are, are the components of doing something with that trope? Well, I think, and this is something we were starting to talk about a little bit off mic, but I think it, it, it's always best in genre film and genre fiction in general that it is reflexive of some of the anxieties or some of the unspoken sort of monsters under the bed of a given culture. And in uh, Scandinavian, uh, N- Norwegian and uh, Swedish culture, there is a subtle misogyny that is at work that's sort of under the surface that needs to be dealt with, also racism. And we'll yeah. talk more about that uh, maybe here in a little bit, you know, the sort of Nazi past of uh, these parts of the world, Finland included. Um, that That is what it seems to be maybe what Nesbo is trying to deal with, and that's part of why the film fails, is I think as you watch it, you go, this movie's got a problem with women, and it never resolves it. It never do, it never acknowledges it or moves forward past it. And it simply is just, you know, this is a bad guy after women, right? And there's there's no additional depth there. There's no there, there's no there there, as you say. They're there to die. Yeah, like, they're, they're, yeah. yeah they're just there to be victims because he hates women. Yeah, yeah. E- even Rebecca Ferguson's character, who yeah. seems like a pe- to be other than leaving confidential files sticking out of her backpack, oops, oops, seems to be a fairly competent detective and yeah. gets herself in a compromised position where she is made to be a victim to be rescued, and that is a character and an actress that deserves way better than that. Ditto for Charlie Gainsbourg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it really is unfortunate to, you know, you don't ever forgive a bad or problematic trope, but you can try and look past it in a film from the 50s or the 60s. You're like, oh, geez, well, boy. You can roll your eyes at it a little bit and try to look past it. But even, Christ, something like Double Indemnity, I mean, does way, you know, 50 years before this film comes out, does way more about women in... Oh, Barbara detection. Stanwyck is powerful. Exactly. In the yeah. Femme Fatale's its own bag of, of tropes yeah, sure. and problems to, to un, unpack, but it's at least more interesting than A Woman in Peril. At, at least. Uh, it's It's got some more meat on its bones for, for thinking and, and di- dissecting. Here, it's just... If you don't say anything about women in peril, it kind of just seems like you either don't care about women or you think the idea of them being in peril is super interesting. Right. Well, I mean, let's, let's think about the Silence of the Lambs. Okay, you know? yeah, that's a good example. So, you know, we've got Buffalo Bill, who is definitely pursuing and chasing women, but also there is... He covets. He covets. As the film right. says. And so there is, you know, his his gender confusion that is part of it. It's a very, very troubling depiction. We have talked about that on the show. Yeah. I think we did a pretty good job of it. Go back and listen to that episode. But, there, but also, it's also mitigated in extent because the investigator is Clary Starling. Yeah, it, 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 it's a female investigator who is as whip smart or more whip smart than anybody else working the the rest of the case, yeah. and the only one that's able to sort of crack the, the Hannibal code, right? And the woman in peril in that film, the oh my gosh, I can't think of the character's name, the senator's daughter, yeah. is given agency, is given uh, pl- she has plans to escape. Yeah, her, she pulls her precious peril. down there. Yeah, hell yeah, she does, and you know, gives as uh, more than Buffalo Bill gets. I mean, she. She lets him have it more than once and is always scheming and trying to get out of danger. Yep. She's given agency and smarts and character attributes. I don't know anything about it, uh, any of the women in this film other than the guy killed them because they were, um, you know, moms. Uh, unfaithful. Yeah, they were moms and, and, and mothers. Cheated. Yeah, and or thought about aborting their babies, I guess, maybe is part yeah. of it. But Yeah, and again, fine. Okay, that's an interesting why. Why does this, this killer seek out these women? What, what does that say about our society that we have 
put these ideas of morality into somebody's head to the extent that they think that they have the right to to do this. The film doesn't play with that. No, and it's it is for sure sure enough fertile ground to say something, but if you don't say anything, it just seems you know it's exploitative at best. Right, and again, and I think part of what you sense as you watch it, because I've seen plenty of those movies where there's simply a woman in peril, and I've been interested. Right, I mean, there, there, there are plenty of those movies that from the fifties to the sixties, or even you know more contemporaneous examples where they are less enlightened in their approach, but they manage to remain interesting, and that's at least because they acknowledge it, or there's something going on that you see that 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 surface level, you know, uh, basic generic sort of usage is at least understood and acknowledged, uh, in so far as that there is a real cultural um, cultural tension. That uh, is being addressed at least. It's like, hey, and, and now we're going to do the thing that's bad. And, and it's sort of like it knows it's doing the bad thing. This movie doesn't know what it's doing. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't know that it's putting women in peril. It's like, see, we're doing the thing where we put women in peril. See the problem in Norway. It doesn't do that. It says, oh, we're just going to – well, we need to do something. Well, let's just pick women and just go at it from Yeah, because most serial killers are men and most male serial killers target women. And Yeah, and that's just not enough. It's not. If no one had ever made a movie about a detective tracking a serial killer before, okay, maybe. It's been done, man. You got to find something else there. Yeah. And uh, it just, yeah, it falls flat. And uh, just makes your movie look mean-spirited, honestly. Yes, it does. Well, I think that's enough of this madness. I have had all I can stand of the snowman and Harry Hole. Yeah, I'm good. I uh, think, hey, you know what? We found we some. Did it. We found some smart things to say. We, we did. It. We, we did okay. We did all right, guys. So um, we're going to come to the point of the show where we must render a verdict, <laughs> <laughs> brother. <laughs> Shelf or trash? Else or instead? I go to you first, Dalton. What do you say? Shelf or trash? Else or instead? On the snowman. Shelf. It's the pinnacle of cinema. <laughs> but obviously, it's trash. Uh, it's not good. It's very bad. It's not even fun. Bad. Uh, I should have talked Arthur out of this. Fun bad is Sinbad's cousin. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Sin is always fun. I don't know what uh, you're talking Sinbad, about. Sinbad, uh, star of the the movie Shazam, right? Kazam. No, that's Shaq. I, I know. You don't know about this. This uh, is. A, uh, we'll talk more about the Mandela effect afterwards. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everybody thinks I that think Shaq did, was in. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. You wait, know. Wait. What? This is a Mandela effect. People think that Shaq was in this movie he wasn't in. Oh, okay. And yeah, they have yeah. this vivid memory of it, just like some people have this vivid memory of um, uh, Nelson Mandela, the Berenstain Burrs, Nelson Mandela dying in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, there's no Mandela effect on the snowman. It is, in fact, bad. Don't ever let anybody tell you it's good. What should you watch instead? I- I'm going to pick a better Norwegian film, Manhunter. Uh, oh, or that's he- good. Yeah. I'm sorry, not Manhunter, Headhunters. Oh, uh, I was thinking something else. Go ahead. Yeah, no, Headhunters, also based on a novel by Joe Nesbo. Uh, it's got uh, Nikolai Kosterwald, Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. No one knows how to say his name properly. I would only believe it straight out of his mouth. Uh, but it's a really, really fun thriller. Um, it's uh, about a murderer and a corporate headhunter. It, it's To tell you any more would be doing you a disservice, listener, so I will just say... Headhunters, I'm sorry, it's Headhunters, plural, is the uh, proper title. Also based on a book by Joe Nesbo. Uh, really, really great film. Uh, cannot more strongly recommend it. Uh, if you're looking for some Nordic noir uh, straight from the source, not diluted by a, a flawed or troubled American uh, production, go go there. Um, we mentioned Let the Right One In. I haven't seen it, unfortunately. But 
I think more pertinent to the discussion is the film Let Me In, the Matt Reeves film that we talked about earlier. Because sure. what Let Me In does is take a Scandinavian tale and adapt it to America. It sets it in uh, New Mexico. We got mountains here, guys. We got places that are cold in the U.S. If you want to make a story and sell it to U.S. audiences, Alaska. we're dumb. Don't try to sell us a movie set in Norway. We're very stupid. Uh, yes. Give us something where we know the cultural references because it is hard to say something to a general audience in America if you're also asking them to know a little bit about another culture. That's the way it is. We we can't do anything about that in cinema. That's not the job of cinema is to educate the masses about other cultures. The job is to teach empathy. Sometimes the best way to do that is to set those stories in places people are familiar with. And I think Let Me In does a really good job of taking uh, the, the touchstones of a story from Scandinavia and relocating it to America. However, I will also recommend The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, David Fincher's version. Uh, probably one really? of his weaker films. Yeah, I, I think stylistically there's a lot going on there. And again, I, I know you're saying really, it's not a great film. It's a fine film. It's way better than this and shows True. you that's about as good as setting a story in Norway or uh, in this case Sweden and doing an all-American and or British cast can be. Uh, also in that, a lot of mismatched accents in that film as well. Uh, you could hardly call what Daniel Craig's doing a Swedish accent. Uh, but um, Rooney Mars is very good. There are a couple of other actors throughout the film who put one on, including Christopher Plummer. Uh, they don't put too much on it. It's just enough. And I think that's the thing. If if you're going to set a movie in another country and have everybody be speaking English, just do a damn accent. It, look, you're already having them speak English with um, English-speaking actors. you got to do something to yeah. give it a little flavor. And it's on Skarsgård. Well, and that's true. They do have a couple of uh, Scandinavian actors, I think. And he's not the only one. I mean, no, no, I think so. It, it's been a while since it's – well, um, what's his doodle from The Killing and Altered Carbon? Um, Joel Kinnaman uh, oh. is in there, and he's yeah from that area originally. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they, they do a pretty good job of rounding yeah. out some of the supporting cast with actors from Scandinavia. Uh, but I think that's about as good as that kind of thing can be, uh, because at the very least, it does try to take, as we talked about, the you know the, the Nazi past in Sweden, uh, some of the, the misogyny that happens in Scandinavian culture and uses it to in a, in a way that a general American audience can understand very quickly, pick up on what they're saying gives very short, very quick history lessons just for context. It, it does basically everything the snowman does wrong correctly. So those are my three uh, insteads. All right. Uh, you'll have a much better time. Very, very good. Okay, Arthur, what do you say? Uh, shelf or trash? Else or instead? Uh, garbage disposal? Garbage disposal. Can we do that? Yeah. Trash, he, that is an option. It. Yeah. It's trash. It's garbage. I um, don't know why HBO picked this movie up. I don't know. Maybe they signed the contract in advance. That's, yeah, yeah, you so know it's what? It's a studio Probably. contract. Probably. Yeah. Um, so I've got I've got two sets of insteads okay. uh, for you. Um, the the first is the traditional uh, instead of this I would say uh, kind of going back to those European Norwegian roots. Um, go with uh, Vanishing. I, okay. I think it's rock solid. That's a great movie. It's it's incredible. Um, just a fascinating uh, mystery, a fascinating game of cat and mouse, uh, a real slow build. Uh, to a great, uh, a great climax. Uh, it's 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 a great film. Uh, I'd also say I, I name dropped it earlier, but Christopher Nolan's Insomnia. Mm -hmm. uh, it, yeah. It's a remake. I haven't seen the original. I believe the original has Stellan uh, Skarsgård, if I'm not mistaken. I'll do some research on that real Lord quickly. Nyquist, uh, but, um, the The Vanishing's the 1988 film, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, it was remade with uh, Daniels and um, really? Kiefer Sutherland in the early 90s. Okay. I believe. 
um, which it's on HBO, um, the, the remake. Mm. I believe the original's on Filmstruck. But, um, yeah, check out Insomnia. I, I, I think it's yeah. it's doing that same thing. It's bringing that story and setting it in the American setting in Alaska. Uh, we got a lot of those tropes, but it, Nolan just does it really well. You're correct, um, by the way. Selen Skarsgård is in the original Insomnia. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, finally, I, I would also recommend Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Either mm. one. I, I, I like both of them a lot. I, I think they both have a lot of merit uh, in their own rights. I, I think um, the the original is the better film. By uh, far. Top to bottom. But I, I, I like Fincher's style. Same. And, I, I, and Rooney Mara's performance and Fincher's style yeah. really sell a lot, but Numero Pace's performance is also yeah. really damn good. So I'm, I'm, I'm really on board with either of those. I think they're both great in their own right. Um, uh, but my other set of insteads are Saturday afternoon, really bad, uh, oh. Serial, oh. serial killer crime mysteries. Better bad movies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. So uh, I watched this uh, just after watching Snowman. I watched Kate Beckinsale in the mystery classic Whiteout. Uh, okay. Where she is stationed, uh, she is a U.S. Ranger or Marshal, and she is stationed at the Antarctic. Mm-hmm. And people start dying right before they are set to leave for the winter. Before it goes, there's all a dark. U- there's a U.S. Marshal in Antarctica. Yeah, or she's she's some kind of government agent. There's like a whole UN. There's like people representing every country in down the there. in the Antarctic. Wherever the Arctic Antarctic is, she law enforcement. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. And she's American law enforcement. Yeah, she all works right. for the government. Okay. Um, but there seems to be some sort of like. Uh, UN outpost type thing where there are different countries represented. Uh, anyway, there's a uh, people start dying and there's a, a mystery for her to solve. Uh, uh, it's pretty good. People get frostbitten, lose limbs, you know that whole thing. Uh, so uh, you know, like Ma- Michael Fassbender never does. Yeah. So if you're looking for a better bad movie, you can watch Whiteout. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, the U.S. Marshal in Antarctica, which makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. Uh, there aren't very many people there. <laughs> pretty hard for somebody to run to there. Yeah. Uh, as a felon. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know what? Don't apprehend him. Leave him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sell me. Sell me this bad movie. Yeah. That sounds good. Okay. okay. Uh, the next one is uh, if you want some more Val Kilmer uh, in a yeah, bad bad movie, I always do. Uh, you're gonna want to watch Mind Hunters, uh, where Never a group of, of FBI FBI agents are sent to this test uh, island, uh, and they have to solve a faux serial killer. But twist, the murders really start happening, uh, and Val Kilmer is the gritty, angry. Uh, field agent who's their teacher uh, and uh, is really mean to all of them and Christian Slater's in it and uh, a right. whole slew of other people. LL Cool J. J, Clifton Collins Jr., Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah. Okay, not a bad from cast. From the director of Deep Blue Sea, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. It, it is, in fact, yeah. from Rennie Harlan. <laughs> so, well, uh, holy shit, that sounds like a fun yeah. time. So check out some uh, check out some Mindhunters. And then lastly, I'm going to say, uh, and this one might be a little better than the other two, but Identity. Uh, John mm. Cusack yeah. uh, and a whole slew of people. Uh, there is a, a serial killer on the loose at a hotel, and there is an escaped convict, and mind games ensue. Uh, so watch those instead of The Snowman, because none of them are particularly great, but they're all a lot more fun than this. Yeah, okay. Doesn't take much to do so, but I like those recommends. I wish we'd watched any of them instead. Honestly, I, I kind of wish we'd watched uh, Identity. I know it's got a pretty famous twist, and uh, it's got a great cast. Amanda uh, Pete, John Hawks, God, Alfred Pete, Molina. Is, yeah. yeah, Clea Duvall. Damn, we should watch that movie. I'm really on board for in the future doing uh, both Mindhunters and Identity. All right. Yeah, those both sound way more fun yeah. than I think, The Snowman. I think we need more thrillers in our diet anyway. Arthur, I agree. great instead. So, Dustin, uh, what do you got for us, bud? Uh, uh, well, okay. I mean, obviously you're putting this in the trash. Trash is too kind. I mean, oh, okay. You know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one of those things where you want to go back in time. 
You know, and it, it, it's it's the Hitler question, really. You need to you need, you need to kill somebody to keep this thing from or happening. Just just talk somebody out of just, it. Just, yeah, really. go to the studio and if be like, you possible. don't want to do this, or talk somebody into filming the complete script. Yeah, yeah God, like, Jesus. Hey, hey guys, hey guys, uh, page eleven, page eleven, please. Um, we need to make sure we give Michael <laughs> Fassbender a cup of coffee, get him through this scene, and then and then do another one. And yeah, I'm get like, coverage, coverage, coverage. I mean, filmmakers, really listen. This, Coverage. Seriously, this needed to be a longer movie. I mean, that that's really what we've been knocking around, is that this needed to be a much longer movie. That it, it, it This sort of, you know, labyrinthine, you know, detective narrative, just it needed to be longer. I don't know how much better it would have been. It would have been at least marginally better. So, or yeah. marginally longer. So what, <laughs> what instead should you watch? Fargo? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously Fargo. Yeah. All definitely. day, every day. You just so. watch all the Fargo. Um, and, and I th- was thinking about, and I thought this is what you were going to recommend earlier, mm. Dalton. Uh, the Hunt, was starring Mads Mikkelsen, oh, uh, Thomas Vinterberg. It's a great yeah. little thriller. I've seen that. I want to see it. It's Huge blind spot. This is the one where he gets accused yeah. of, of being yeah. a child molester. And yeah. it like ruins his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then maybe he's guilty, maybe he's not. And Nominated uh, for Best Foreign Language Film the year came out, I, I believe. I think it yeah. was, yeah. It's a, it's a big blind spot for me. I've always wanted really, to catch up with really it. really, really solid yeah. film. Last I saw it was still on Netflix. Okay. Uh, on so, Netflix or Hulu, one of the two. So okay, cool. Yeah, it's available. Uh, oh, you, know, well, you know we're big fans of Mads Mikkelsen here at the GTGC. So, yeah. I mean, it's a really, really solid movie. And then it's going back into, I think, one of the the fundamental, one of the foundational uh, sort of uh, thrillers from Sweden. Um, let's look at Ingmar Bergen's The Virgin Spring. Uh, it, it's a period piece. It's set in the 16th century, but it's the idea of murder and uh, revenge and all the good stuff that we're talking about here in a very, very well-made art house kind of classic. And so I think if you do those things, uh, you'd have a much better time than watching this thing. I meant to ask this earlier. Did anybody else think of Night of the Hunter uh, in the opening scene uh, when the mom's drowning? Oh. No, didn't think about it at all, but I definitely I should now. have. Yeah, I do now. Oh. Um, You're not makes, wrong. Makes me wish I'd watched Night of the Hunter. That's true. So, yeah. I would, I would so. usually rather be watching Night of the Hunter. We'd really rather be watching anything else. So next week, speaking of Mads uh, Next week, fans, are you kidding me? Next, yeah, we got to do one more show. No. People gave us money, I think, Justin. Uh, I think this will be the redemption story. Though. Yeah, we're okay. coming back. We're coming back. Because, uh, man, I don't think I can do another it's after okay. this. It's going to be okay. Our we'll get through it. Dear, 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 sweet friend, Keith. Another huge Mads Mikkelsen uh, fan. We owe somebody. Okay. He gets, yeah. a, he gets a Patreon pick. Yeah, okay. We, we shorted him last year. Okay. So he got two this year. Earlier this year we did, I don't even remember, it was something. Was it an anime? What did we do earlier this year? Oh, we did uh, Princess Mononoke. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah right? which is great. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it, it was fabulous. And this time he has picked a, a film that is streaming. Did he pick an anime again? He has not. He picked live action. It is Asian. It is Wong Kar Wai. Oh, hell yeah. And it is Fallen Angels. Oh, God. Nice. Wong Kar Wai, huge blind spot for me. I've me only too. seen The Grandmaster. Oh, so. you need so much more Wong Kar Wai in your life. I know. Thank you, Keithan. Uh, thank you for excited. giving us an excuse to watch a Wong Kar Wai film. Good bounce back from the snowman. See, Dustin, yes. you want to keep doing the show? Uh, okay, I'll do one more. One more? Yeah. Hey, listener. And then after that, we'll hook him. Listener, if this is. I'll hook him again. If this is a reason for you to give us money, you can make us watch films that are actually good. <laughs> yes. Give us money or we'll watch bad movies. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the ultimatum is yeah. like, the worst kind of hostage situation here. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a real uh, Mad Magazine, uh, buy this magazine, we'll shoot this dog scenario. We got three dogs in this house. Mm-hmm. Give us money. Okay, Arthur. I volunteer a dog. Give us money or we'll <laughs> make these dogs watch the snowman. <laughs> 
no, no. Peter will be after us. So yeah, if if you want to if you want to hear us talk about films that actually might get discussed in a film studies course, like Juan Carwise Fallen Angels, give us money and tune in next week, and we'll talk about that. And I tell you what, here's the thing: we just spent an hour and seven minutes talking about the Snowman, of which a, a solid half hour was analysis. I was going to say we spent about an hour making jokes about Harry Hole, and then seven minutes <laughs> analyzing this film. No, but, we, uh, it's you do the math. We did we did some analysis on a really really bad movie because no matter how bad the movies are, the conversation can always be good, and that's what makes the good trash so good. So keep watching, we'll keep talking, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Good Trash Honorcast, a product of Good Trash Media. For more info on all things Good Trash, head on over to GoodTrashMedia.com. Our intro music, as always, is an original composition by friend of the show, Aaron Rodgers. And our outro music this week is Immigrant Song by Karen O, Trent Reznor, and Atticus Ross. Written by Jimmy Page and Robert Lynn.